Hello, 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 and welcome to The Ball and All, a podcast. This is your weekly, regular, frequent, whatever you call it, because I haven't been been keeping up lately. It's been quite busy on the other sides, doing all the other things um, in my my busy world. Uh, But I'm back to discuss the uh, buyouts, um, the Bucks going all in, and some news from the B, uh, the Basketball Africa League as well as the WNBA, and also just to discuss what's happened in the MVP race and, 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 and what implications does that have for the man that's going to be crowned MVP for the regular season in 2021. Remember, you can follow me at Mpomoreki on Instagram and on Twitter, and you can also subscribe to the Ball and All channel. Also got the podcast going. Um, that's on Anchor. You can follow that there or on look for it on uh, iTunes as well. Um, news coming out of the Basketball Africa League is that the Basketball Africa League will uh, happen in 2021 after being obviously the first season being hit by COVID. It will happen from the 16th to the 30th of May in Kigali in Rwanda, the beautiful arena. Oh man, I just hope that one day I could go, or this year hopefully, go there and do and call games, um, ball by uh, play by play. It would be so awesome. But in Kigali, all 12 teams will be there. Uh, initially, obviously, we wanted all 12 teams to stay in their home bases and teams would travel around in a league format with playoffs and everything else. Now it's a World Cup style format with uh, playoffs, with like a, a playoffs, and then you'll have your uh, quarterfinal, semifinal. I think you'll have semifinals and final so it'll be like a 16 playoff with uh two teams four teams fighting it out for the other um semi-final spots in that tournament so that's happening 16 to the 30th of, of may in rwanda in kigali i'd love to be there so just if you're praying man please pray that somehow somewhere i will make my way to kigali that'll be awesome yes it will be um but the other thing is the WNBA draft is next week which kickstarts the new WNBA season. Uh, Nike and Jordan have done a great job. Well, Nike have done an incredible job um, for the for the women of uh, WNBA. The teams have gotten rebranded. It's the 25th season of WNBA. They've got a new kits, lovely kits, three sets of kits, a heroin edition, which is mostly their, uh, you would call it their home court edition. Uh, and then you've got an explorer edition, which is their traveling kits. So they'll be playing away with away. And it's got the name of the city that they represent. Um, on that kit, very beautiful designs, all of them. And then they have a Rebel Edition, which is a, a third, an alternate kit um, that will be worn in honor of women um, and, and achievements of women across. So each kit has a specific design in honor of each, either each city's, uh, uh, each city's um, heritage or any um, impact that any women have made throughout history in that city. Um, so that's pretty awesome. Or just uh, commemorating the city. So the Los Angeles one is black and gold. It's it's highlighting the skyline. It's just so beautiful. The Las Vegas Aces one is just unbelievable with the black and the gold. Just it's yeah. I want one. I know how I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna try to find a way to get uh, Liz Cambage number eight uh, from the Las Vegas Aces. That is for me. That 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 is probably gonna be my my goal. But yeah. So look out for it. Uh, WNBA is probably it will be starting. Not soon after that, about a month and a half, close to two months after the draft, uh, the season will begin. Um, We've also got Olympic Games. That's also going to happen in August. So the WNBA season will be cut in two. So they'll play first half, go to the Olympics, come back, resume the next. Um, There's been some moves uh, since I last spoke to you. The trade deadline closed. The most important things were the moves that happened with the Bulls, the Celtics, the Orlando Magic and and, and the Denver Nuggets on that trade deadline. It started off with... Uh, Nikola Vucevic going 
from uh, Denver, from, from Orlando to the Bulls. Um, uh, in a trade, the Bulls sent Wendell Carter Jr. the other way. He was the, the bigger name out of the guys who were there and a couple of a couple of picks. That was an intent from Orlando to let us know that they're, sell, they're moving their all-star because they're looking to rebuild. That then set off the, the, the trade of Aaron Gordon all the way to, to Denver. Denver got Gary Harris. They also got RJ Hampton, who was a first-round pick two years ago for them. A very great uh, player, needed a, a thing. What Denver received, obviously, was Aaron Gordon, a guy who would put make sure that Paul Millsap came from the bench, which makes it even an intriguing con- uh, contest for Denver now because now they've got Aaron Gordon, uh, Jokic, and Michael Porter Jr. as their forwards to partner with Will Barton and... and, uh, and um, uh, number 27, uh, the other number 27, who was playing incredibly well. I'll get his name somewhere along the line. My brain is frying right now. But Denver look incredible right now um, with that Jokic, Aaron Gordon. I'll talk about that later on in the, in terms of the teams that are um, most excited. So Jamal Murray, yes, Jamal Murray. In terms of the teams that I'm most excited for, Jamal Murray's going to probably light it up in the playoffs. The that's what happened, and obviously Orlando. Then the Bulls then went on and got Daniel Tice as a center, uh, sending one of their youngsters to to the Bull uh, to to the Celtics. The Celtics also got Evan Fournier from Orlando. Um, so I, I think the Celtics lost out. I honestly do. They don't look like a, a side. They're currently under five hundred. They just I don't know what they were doing with these trades or with sending Daniel Tice because he was their starting center. Now you've got Tristan Thompson, who can be a starting center, but you needed another center in addition to what you had with Daniel Tice and Tristan Thompson. If it was someone you could have moved, it should have been Tristan Thompson. But somehow uh, Brad Stevens has some, has some plan going on and the, the, the Celtics still don't look good um, two weeks after that, that, that trade. But the bad market was where it's at. Um, three players were bought out. Um, in that market was Blake Griffin. He went to the Nets. Um, Blake, remember, was at was at the Pistons, playing for money on a bad team. Um, and and Lamarcus Aldridge was brought out by the Spurs, and he went to the Nets. He thought many thought he'd join Miami. But the interesting thing about those two is that they don't they they certainly help their title charge. But the title charge from the Nets is going to come out of that big three: Kyrie, Harden, and 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 and, and KD. These two are, I think you say Blake is just past his prime. Lamarcus is probably towards the end of his career, looking for one last uh, hurrah and one last ring. Um, his shooting hasn't been that great. Um, struggled at the Spurs early on in the season, not shooting well. Um, and, and so Pop decided to move him out the rotation. Then they looked for a, a, a looked to buy him out so he could find another team where he could help. He certainly does help the Brooklyn Nets. He's not going to be a starter. He's also not going to close out the lineup. So too will Blake Griffin. Um, I think that final five for the Nets should be KD, Kyrie, uh, James Harden, Joe Harris as their three-point shooter, excuse me, as well as um, either Bruce Brown or Jeff Green at the five to be more versatile. If you put in a, a DeAndre Jordan, I don't think the, the suitability is there. So too with Blake Griffin as well as Lamarcus Aldridge. But from a bench perspective, while the other guys are resting and you've got either Harden on the floor, you can add him with a Blake. Or Kyrie on the floor, you can add a Lamarcus. KD with, uh, I think KD doesn't, he can, can, can pretty much play with whoever he is. He, he's going to be the primary ball handler in, in those non-starter minutes, as you would call. So it, may, it, it, it just strengthens the bench and gives Steve Nash some veteran help to kind of lean on over and above the fact that he's got 
everything in the world. The Nets have set the table for him to win his first NBA title in his first season as coach. What I can tell you about the Nets, which is interesting, is that in those crucial moments, there are two teams that I think in the East that could cause them problems. And if they meet them, um, and a lot of people have, have said this, and if they meet them, they could find themselves in, 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 in a little bit of a spot of bother because what the Nets do, the defense slightly better. They're working on that. They're middling in the defense. And that's, that's, that's something. But from an offensive perspective, that's their weapon. They will outscore you on every play or in every game. But if they meet the Philadelphia 76 who are a much better defensive team. They You can match the three, and then you can rely on the other two to try and beat you, which is we can put a body, uh, probably Ben Simmons, on on KD. You can Or, or Joel on KD. You can put Ben Simmons on, on, on Harden, and you can put uh, either Danny Green or Tobias Harris on Kyrie, and then you have – or even Matisse Tybel, and then you'll have uh, Tobias Harris – and um, a, either Danny Green or some sort of uh, some sort of uh, other player on them, and you then are forcing Joe Harris and Bruce Brown or Jeff Green to beat you, or even Lamarcus or or, or 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 Blake Griffin. That's a much better prospect for those teams in the East. Yeah, and and that could happen. That could really really happen if you shut those. If you put bodies on those three, yes, they'll still score, but they might not score as at a high pace like they currently are doing uh, throughout the league. Yes, they haven't played a lot of minutes together. That's something that's also going to come into factor the chemistry issue, especially when you've got number two and number three in the East being Philly, Philly having those, those, those defenders, and also Milwaukee, which is the other team because you've got Chris Middleton, who's a good, who's a good defender. Giannis is the defensive player of the year. And so too, you've got uh, Drew Holiday, who they also, um, who they've maxed out essentially. Um, and those are really good three defenders. You can put them on the three guys at, at at Brooklyn and then effectively the same thing. Let Joe Harris, Jeff Green, Bruce Brown, and the rest of them try beat you. Um, and that's going to be quite important because I think also with Philly and Milwaukee, they're much better benches. Milwaukee's now even got uh, P.J. Tucker, which is a big move, massive, massive move because add P.J. Tucker onto Joe Harris you could lock them down with that Milwaukee team, but you know, and and, and but obviously we know how Milwaukee has done in the playoffs. So there's going to be other factors to this Milwaukee team, especially on on their offense in the half court. They can do as to what they figure out. Also with Philly, how they how they bring Embiid in in a playoff situation in the stretch when they need him. Um, obviously you'll have your shooters. You probably have Tobias. You'll have you probably have Danny Green or even Seth. But obviously, Seth is not the greatest of defense. So that's something that, that that Doc Rivers needs to figure out. But there are teams that can beat the Nets. And so to Miami as well. You've got Bam, you've got Jimmy, um, and then you've got uh, you've got Iggy, Iguodala, who are still pretty good defenders in the stretch that you would can use and throw on the court to try and stop this 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 Brooklyn Nets team. And then obviously you've got um you've got Tyler Hero. Um, as well to 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 shoot threes and 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 cause problems and drag each other. So the, the 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 top four in the East can beat each other. So that's going to be make it a little bit more intriguing. On the other hand, in the West, um, obviously LeBron is injured. He got injured two weeks ago. AD's coming back from his injury. He should play sometime next week. Start playing probably with restricted minutes. But the 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 Lakers got Andre Drummond. Now, obviously, the question is the Lakers are looking to try to do that one two punch they did with Javale and. And 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 Dwight Howard. So Andre Drummond comes in to add a little bit more physical presence, rim run, and take rebounds. Um, he's going to be very important over the past. He's played. He played one game, got injured, and he's played another game. And you kind of see how Andre Drummond's going to do it. He's going to be that primary shot blocker at the rim, 
as well as um, as well as the rebounder and also a rim runner for LeBron um, when he comes back because it's easy buckets for a guy who just runs because they did it with uh, with 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 Damian Jones. They're probably going to do it uh, with with uh, with Andre Drummond. Um, and so, yeah, so that's 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 something that that happened. Obviously, Cleveland bought out Andre Drummond, and now he's at the Lakers. Adds a little bit of 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 strength defensively, but obviously gives it give it it reduces the, the number of minutes that AD has to play at the five. In the stretch, Andre Drummond's not there. AD will be playing the five, and then you'll have LeBron. You'll have um, Kuzma. You'll probably have you'll have Schroeder, and then another another one of the shooters who's a better shooter there, possibly even a Marquise. Morris to, to just kind of close this this all down. Um, yeah, so that's that. Those are the, the what's happened in the bad market. Milwaukee did something interesting this week that I want to also discuss. They they bought out, well, they maxed out Drew Holiday. We expected them to do it when they when they traded for him and gave the world uh, uh, to them. Um, and so what's what's happening now is that obviously I, I'm not a fan of, of of Max came out for four years, 160 million dollars. Um, but I understand that Milwaukee is a small market. And with them being a small market, they can't necessarily attract the big name um, max player. So th- what they're saying is that for the next couple of years, while Giannis is entering his prime and is in his prime, they're going with a Giannis, Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, one, two, three, punch. What they can do outside of that is obviously probably trade Chris Middleton's contract to try and get a, another all-star caliber player into that team. They've got PJ Tucker, um, who also will be wanting to be paid or, or, or given some sort of thing at the end of the, the season. But it, it does it does diminish the ability for them to to, to, to attract uh, better B-grade level players that fill out your roster compared to everybody else. So they'll probably have bench problems throughout the next couple of years. They'll also probably have some problems in their starting five to try to find guys. But um, it's a salary cap league. And they, if they're willing to go into the tax and pay the tax like Golden State did, in the year that they, in those years that they're winning, it'll be important. But this season is very important. They need to make a statement to just make sure that they have that the level of basketball and they play and the attractiveness of what they're playing and what they're building can bring more players in who are willing to come and play with Giannis and Drew Holiday as well as Chris Middleton. That's something that 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 that, that can't be overlooked. Um, the other team that, yeah, the other team obviously that, the, well, well, yeah. So that was the interesting thing that that, that happened, and then, um, yeah, and then so it it is quite interesting. I wouldn't like I, I didn't think about it. And I was I wasn't I wasn't happy about it, but I think Milwaukee's got no option. They have to go all in. They've put in their chips all in, and they're going for it. And and they have to back Giannis, back Middleton, and back uh, Drew Holiday. I, I honestly think if maybe they could have swapped out Zach Levine for Chris Middleton. That could be some. That could have been something um, that 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 could have helped them because they need some more someone who's a little bit more of a prolific scorer. Um, but obviously, in Chris Milton, they have a much better defender um, than Zach Levine, who can, or can also defend, but not at those at those elite levels that that Chris Milton does. Um, the other thing that I wanted to talk about was MVP race with LeBron and 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 Joel Embiid having been injured, having missed about twenty games of the season between them. Um, they, it, that kind of effectively, and I'm, I'm, and maybe you can come in with it in the discussion, and that kind of effectively kicks them out of the MVP race. But then that leaves Nikola Jokic, it leaves Giannis, even though uh, for for three time, uh, as well as James Harden, because obviously James Harden's out of the big three in Brooklyn has played a lot of the season. But I think with James Harden, a lot of people are going to be punishing him for that 
initial Houston part of the season where he was not arriving, he was not fit, he was just being uh, a, a, a disgruntled employee. But I do think if I had to pick out of three, my point, my, my picks were either between, uh, I, I'd give it to Nikola Jokic. I think he's done an incredible job with Denver, bringing them up, I think. Um, but James Harden is close, close there. But obviously, I think the other thing with James Harden is you've got KD and Kyrie, like, you know, that's what it is. And then obviously Giannis as a three-time. But there are two guys I want to talk about, or three guys I want to talk about in terms of the definition of value. A lot of people think the definition of MVP and automatically go look at the point section, look at the guy who's on a winning team with the most points, with the highest number of points, which which is fine. But value also comes in in, 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 in the improvement that your team has made. Right. So, for instance, if you look at Steph Curry, last season, Steph didn't play most of the season. He comes into the Golden State Warriors, a team that didn't even get to the bubble. So they were a lottery team last year. He gets them into that 9-10, range. Right. Um, you've got a guy like um, you've got a guy like Damian Lillard, who uh, obviously Steph's also scoring very highly and uh, shooting about 40 percent. Damian Lillard, similar, similar stats to Steph. He's taken a Portland team that was an eighth seed. Now they're a sixth seed. If he can get them up to a top four seed, he should be considered as an MVP because that's the value. He's adding value. Yes, he's he's improving his game and taking his team further. And that's what Steph and, and Dame have done. The other player that um, it makes it a little bit harder um, to, to consider because if you look at Jokic and say he's pushed Denver up, uh, Denver were like a top four seed last year, but they're a sixth seed. But Without him, then they 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 they're out of the playoffs essentially. Um, but if you look at a, a team like the Suns, they got Chris Paul this year. They currently have the the best uh, the, the the best win record. I think they've won their last eight games um, in the NBA. Um, they are the number two seed in the NBA, the number two team in the NBA behind the Jazz. They beat the number one team, the Jazz, two nights ago, um, and largely they've moved from a team that was. That missed out on the playoffs, and it was they were a ten seed to being a number two seed in the West. That's a that's a massive, massive twenty percent jump in the in the win loss column, um, the, the the win percentage column. And 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 you could say maybe Devin Booker stepped up and is a playoff is is an all star and he's improved, and we saw that towards the back end. But largely, that is also just due to the fact that Chris Paul is there. And Chris Paul has improved every single team that he's been on and he's played on. And he's turned them into playoff caliber sides. Um, but nobody ever looks at Chris Paul. And that's one of the questions of where do we put leadership um, into all of this, into this value equation? Because there are three guys who are, are valuable in the NBA who, when they leave their teams, their teams will stake. One of them is LeBron. The other one is CP3. The other one is is Steph Curry. Giannis, we've seen what happens when Giannis leaves the Bucks. The Bucks were had a winning record without him this season, with just Drew Holiday as well as as well as as well as Chris Middleton. You could say Nikola Jokic coming out of Denver could could do the same, which is which is important. And those are the type of things that you that I'd say I would look for in an MVP. Is if I take you out of the side, are you? Is the side better or worse? It's like that employee when you're working, wherever you're working, where if they go and leave, everything's chaotic up until they come back. Or you have to try phone them on the leave to try to figure out where things are because they used to make the place hum. And normally those are the those are the the, the assistants, the secretaries, all those people who do 
who do the grunt work, but they are at that superstar level. Sometimes you get guys, obviously the, the MDs are all the superstars and everything else, but the assistants and the people who make, who make the ship run are the most valuable people in an organization. They may not be paid or recognized like the superstars, um, the MDs and CEOs, but without those assistants, the, the place essentially falls apart and cannot function. And that's where I think the value needs to be looked at. Yes, maybe in the NBA, those, those, those valuable players are also the highest scorers of each team. But from a Chris Paul perspective, Chris Paul's the facilitator in that Suns team. He's the vet, he's the leader, he's the facilitator. He makes everybody around him better. And this is one of the reasons why I'd say Chris Paul should be considered as an MVP. I said it, yeah, he should be considered as an MVP. And so that's why I look at it and that's how I'm seeing that MVP race. But I think the, the writers and the, the journalists will probably go with the three I mentioned, Jokic, Harden, or or Giannis. Giannis is a number three. I think people will be running away because of the fact that they haven't done anything in the playoffs, but we'll, 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 we'll get to that. To close out the show, teams to watch. Over the past month, I've been watching. The Pelicans have been making one. I don't get what people see in the Pelicans. I really don't. Zion is great, and the Pelicans are literally just all Zion. He's great. I've never seen someone score at a high efficiency be so dominant, but everyone else around now don't know what's going on with, with, with Stan and uh, Stan and Co. and the GM at, at New Orleans, they they this team is not a Zion team. It's not. Yes, you can tell me Lonzo Ball is is the point guard for Zion. Yes, and maybe um, Brandon Ingram is the guy. But when you bring it all together, they aren't winning games. Because for instance, the team I was going to say for the team to watch the first team is the Memphis Grizzlies. They have a plus five hundred record. They're in a playoff spot in the West, and they are performing better than the other young sides that supposedly are supposed to be better than them, i.e. the Pelicans, who are five games below 500, whereas the Grizzlies are three games above 500. You've also got against, you've also got the Kings, who are a young side. They have such a great array of attack, attack uh, of, of offensive. We've got De'Aaron Fox, we've got Buddy Hill, they've got Tyrese Halliburton, who's probably going to be Rookie of the Year. But what do they have to offer? Worst record in the West worst defense in the history of the NBA. The other team is the Timberwolves. You've got Cat, who claims he's an all-star. You've got, uh, yes, they haven't had, they've got Andre, uh, they've got they've got Russell. They've also got um, the, the number one pick in Andrew, I want to say Andrew Williams, but it's not. Um, uh, he is... Um, Andrew, his name escapes me, but they've got the number one pick there. His first name is Andrew. You know, I just have to take it for me there. Um, and 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 what they've done is still they're they're a worse team than this Memphis Grizzlies team with John Moran, Jaron Jackson. They've got Desmond Bain, who they picked up later in in, in the draft uh, a couple of years ago. They've got uh, Grayson Allen, who's a, who's like a who's like a late first or like an early second round pick. And, and he's scored like 30 points over the past couple of days. They're winning games. They are doing everything just under the radar. Nobody's talking about them. And and and, and Jar is a superstar. Jar is a future all-star. And we need to put some respect on the Grizzlies. The other team to watch is Denver. That Jokic-Aaron Gordon combo is incredible. Aaron Gordon loves to cut. They get into the pick and roll. Jokic finds Aaron Gordon. Jokic plays that high-low game so while he comes up. He stands on the on the on. On uh, either at the top of the key 
um, or on the free throw line, you'll, you'll use the bounce and everyone else just cuts around him. And because Aaron Gordon is bigger than most of most of the players around him, he'll get the ball and it's easy buckets for Aaron Gordon. I haven't seen Aaron Gordon score, score this freely in his career. And Nikola Jokic, as part of the MVP discussion, is making him better. And Michael Porter Jr. is looking really, really good um, to think that 13 teams passed him in the 2018 draft just because of an injury and Denver stuck it out and look at the fruits of 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 their of their patience. Um Denver also like the Suns. They're on a I think it's an eight win game win streak as well. And they're pushing up and they are a top four seed in the West. The Lakers are now five. Um, and then you've got Dallas, um, another team that you need to watch. They're on a bit of a run. They have a 7-3 uh, win streak right now in the West. They are pushing up, trying to get to chase the Trailblazers who are at six. There, Dallas is at seven. Um, they seemingly to getting it right. I was watching a bit of the game this morning. Kristaps Porzingis is is now coming alive. Um, he's not at that super super level, but he's coming a little bit alive now. And you can see the the reason why New York called him the unicorn. And he's now helping um, helping uh, thingy helping Luka Doncic. They managed to beat. Oh, they managed to beat the Utah Jazz uh, this week. And Dorian Finney-Smith said that um, Utah putting uh, Gobert on on him was the blessing in disguise because he ended up, that's one of the reasons why he got so many shots. Uh, an indictment on a guy who wants to be Defensive Player of the Year um, in the regular season. Um, but it's something interesting about how the Dallas is seemingly getting this train going, they're shooting better. The West is going to be a shootout in the playoffs. It's just going to be... Uh, killing each other, and wherever uh, the Lakers land, and if they have a, an a, a, an injury-free LeBron and AD is going to be really interesting as well. Um, it's, it's still be a brave man to pick against them, but they will have the hardest route that they'll they'll have the hardest route to get to the NBA Finals. So uh, they might take a lot of hits, and by the time they get to the finals, they could possibly be all gassed out and that's probably one of the fears but yeah so that's the end of the show um thank you very much for watching or listening to the ball and all podcast we'll be back next week with more uh basketball and basketball and nba related content please remember to follow me on twitter adam pomarecki subscribe to the youtube channel the ball and all youtube channel and yeah from myself and up until next week let's sale